Chapter 16 of The Singing Mouse Stories This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Joseph Eric The Singing Mouse Stories by Emerson Ho Chapter 16 The House of Truth One morning, I lay upon my bed in the little room which I call my home. Now, among the eaves which rise opposite to my window, there are many sparrows which have also made their homes. In the morning, before the sun has arisen, and at the time when the dawn is making the city grey and leathen in colour, instead of sombre and black, these sparrows begin to chatter and chirp and sing in discordant notes. And by this I know, the day has come. Upon this morning it seemed to me the sparrows chattered with an unusual commotion, and as I listened, I heard from another window near mine the voice of grief and lamentation. Then I knew that one who had long been sick had passed away. As the grey morning came on, this spirit, this spark of life, had gone out from its accustomed place. As the day came on, the sounds of lamentation arose. The friends of that one wept. So I asked the sparrows and the sun and the grey sky why these friends wept. What is grief? I asked them. Why should these weep? What has happened when one dies? Where has the spark of life gone? Did it fall to these sodden pavements, forever done, or did it go up to meet the kiss of the rising sun? And the sparrows, which fall to the ground, answered not. The sun rose calm and passionless, but dumb. The sky folded in, large but inscrutable. Nonetheless arose the voice of lamentation and of woe. I ask you, singing mouse, said I, one night as we sat alone, what is the truth? How do we reach it? How shall we know it? Tell me of the spark that has gone out. Tell me, what is life, and where does it go? There are many words. Tell me, what is the truth? The singing mouse gazed at me in its way of pity, so I knew I had asked that which could not be. Yet, even as I saw this look appear, it changed and vanished. And as the singing mouse waved its tiny paw, I forbore reflection, and looked only on the scene which now was spread before me. It seemed a picture of actual colours, and I could see it plainly. I saw a youth, who stood with one older and of austere garb, by the vestments of this older man, I knew he was one of those who teach people in spiritual things. To him, the young man had come in anguish of heart. Then the older man of priestly garb thought the young man in the teachings that had come down to him. But the youth bowed his head in trouble, nor was the cloud cleared upon his heart. I heard him murmur, Alas! What is the truth? 
so I saw the same youth pass on in various stages of this picture. And before him, I saw drawn as though in another picture a panorama of edifices and institutions of religions of all lands. But the years passed, and the panorama of beliefs swept by, and no one could tell this man what was the truth. Yet, after this young man had ceased to query and had closed his books, he one day entered alone into one of the great edifices built for the sake of that which he could not understand. In the picture, I could see all this. I saw the young man cast himself face down among the cushions of a seat, and there he lay and listened to the music. This too I could hear. I could hear the peal of the organ arise like voices of the spirits, going up, up, whispering, appealing, promising, assuring. Then, for I could see and hear with him, there came to that young man when he ceased to seek the very exaltation he had longed to know. Ah, yes, singing mouse, I said, it was very beautiful, but music is not final. Music is not the truth. Tell me of these things. The singing mouse again seemed to hesitate. It may be, said the singing mouse slowly, that the truth will never be found between the covers of any book, no matter how wise. It may be that it never will be found by anyone who search for it always within walls built by human hands. It may be that no man can convey to another that which is truth to him. It may be that the truth can never be grasped, never be weighed or formulated. The ways of nature are always the same. But nature does not ask exactness of form. Why then shall we ask exactness of faith? The true faith is nothing final not more than are final the carved stones of the church which offers it so strenuously. The stones crumble and decay, but new churches arise, new faiths will rise. But were not all well. At these things I wondered, and over them I thought for a time, but yet I did not understand all that the singing mouse had said. As if it knew my thought, the singing mouse said to me, your vision is too narrow. You seek the great truths in small places and wonder that you do not find them. Come with me. The singing mouse waved its hand and was its wont, and as in a dream, and as though I were now the young man whom we had lately seen, I was transported, by what means I could not tell, into a place far distant. Speaking, I scarce knew of what. Again, there was a church or a cathedral. I could see the rafters as I lay. I could hear the solemn and exalted peal of the organ. I could hear voices that sang up and up, thrilling, compelling. The sense of the confinement of the building ceased. Insensibly, I seemed to see the hewn stones of the walls assume their primeval and untouched state beneath the grasses of the hills. 
I could feel the rafters vanishing and going back into the bodies of the oaks in which they originally grew. The voice of the organ remained with me, but it might have been the roll of the waves upon the shore. I was in the temple. In the temple, one needs not seek for names. It was night. I lay upon a bank of sweet-smelling grasses, and about me were the great oaks. The organ or the waves spoke on. I looked up, up, into the great circle of the sky, so far, so blue, so kind in its bending over, so pitying, it seemed to me, yet so high in its upreaching. I looked upon the glorious pageant of the stars. That star, thought I, shone over the grave of some ancestor of mine, back, back in the unmirrored past, some father of some father of mine. He's gone like a fly. He's dust. I may be lying on his grave. Soon, like a fly, I too shall be dead, gone, turned into dust. But the star will still shine on. Small as that father's dust may be, that dust still lives. It is about me. This grass, these trees may hold it. He has lived again in the cycle of natural forces. My dust, when I am dead, will in turn make part of this world, one of an unknown sea of stars. Small then as I am, I am kin to that star. The stars go on, nature goes on. Then shall man, shall I. Ah, said the singing mouse, its voice sounding, I knew not whence. From this place can you see. So now I thought I began to see what I had not seen before. And since this was in the land of the singing mouse, I sought to find no name for what I saw, nor tried to measure it. What one man sees is not what another sees. Shall one claim wisdom beyond his neighbor? Are not the stars his also, and the trees his to talk with him? Are not the doors always open? Does not the music of the organ ever roll? Do not the voices always rise? Had it not been for the singing mouse, I should not have thought these things. End of chapter 16